0: The scripture reading this morning will be from Psalm 37. As you find that, you can stand. Um, I'm going to read beginning in verse 35 to the end of the chapter. Psalm 37, verse 35. I have seen a violent, wicked man spreading himself like a luxuriant tree in its native soil. Then he passed away, and lo! He was no more. I sought for him, but he could not be found. Mark the blameless man, and behold the upright, for the man of peace will have a posterity. But but transgressors will be altogether destroyed. The posterity of the wicked will be cut off. But the salvation of the righteous is from the Lord. He is their strength in time of trouble. And the Lord helps them and delivers them. He delivers them from the wicked and saves them, because they take refuge in him. Let's pray. We do thank you that you are our salvation, and our rest, and our peace, and our confidence is in you, O Lord. We have never been able to save ourselves. We can't save ourselves from our sin, and we needed a Savior. And we cannot protect ourselves or provide for ourselves in this world. We are totally dependent upon you. And we thank you, God, that your eyes are on us, that you love us, and you are absolutely committed to us. And we pray as we look at your word, God, that our hearts will be sustained and strengthened in the truth of who you are and all that you are to us. In Christ's name, amen. May we see you. (coughs) We are in the book of Esther, so you can go backwards from Psalms through Job to the book of Esther. I appreciate Todd filling in for me last Sunday, preaching his first sermon, he said he is alive after that experience and people are still here, so it must not have been too bad. <laughs> I know it wasn't. I really appreciate Todd and his, his love for the Lord, and his faithfulness to him, and I wish I could have been here. But we were at another event. Great event. Appreciate your prayers. We have our now third Canadian daughter-in-law. It is our third son, Ryan, um, married Melissa from Steinbach, Manitoba. The whole family was there with the exception of Brooklyn, and that's because she is pregnant, and we didn't want another Canadian. Um, (laughs) Only kidding. the gallows were there as well, and my dad and Katy were there. It was a wonderful time, beautiful outdoor wedding, beautiful bride. Everything was great, so we're thankful. God is good. Well, we've gone through the first um, four chapters of Esther, and I just wanted to review a little bit. This is a much harder book um, to preach than most are. And um, one reason is because the, the narrative here is so filled with suspense. This is a book that I like teaching in camp to little kids, third and fourth graders, because you can leave them hanging every day, and they just and they're just going, "No, what's next? You can't stop. Oh, you got to wait till tomorrow." And you do that, get to do that for five days in camp. It's wonderful. <laughs> little different here with us but but by way of overview of a few things that have stood out very strongly in these first four chapters and one is again clearly we are seeing how God is in control providentially God knows he has the foresight which is the basic meaning of providence God can see in advance to know what's going to happen and set the stage So that even though people are making their own choices, God is in control of what's happening and can turn all things together for good. And so there's no detail that God is not managing and is in control of. It doesn't mean he's the originator of everything. Scripture is very clear that God is not the originator of sin. And there are things that men do in their sinfulness, in their hostility toward God, that God clearly condemns and says, I have nothing to do with this. So we need to be clear on that. There are certain things that happen in this world. God has nothing to do with it. Having said that, he is still in control. And there is nothing that happens that God cannot work that together for good. And so that makes us sane, sound people, I believe. Because on the one hand, we can say like Joseph... You meant this for evil, but God meant it for good. Both statements are true. Evil things happen in this world. God did not cause them. Men cause them, but God takes all things and works it together for good. So when we come to the book of Esther, a drunken king is demanding that his wife parade herself in front of all of his drunken friends. She says no. And so God uses that to set her aside and have Esther become queen. All the details of that um, are not kosher. None of them are kosher. Um, She is serving in a harem. She is not married. She is not presenting herself as Jewish. She is not living as Jewish. It's not a good situation, but God's using it all. And so one of the overarching themes I think we see here is that God uses imperfect people to accomplish his perfect will. And we, again, should take encouragement in that. And so what we find is that when Haman finally makes his plot to destroy the Jewish people because Mordecai, the cousin of Esther, refuses to bow down to him, Queen Esther has been queen for four years. And she has been in, a, in the harem for a year before that. So for five years, she's been in the palace before Haman makes his attempt to, to annihilate the Jewish people. And so that means for five years, no one knew the Jewish identity of this woman. She's keeping it secret. That speaks to me that she was not living as a Jew. Because how can you be in the palace, living as a Jew, and no one know that you're Jewish? So she's not eating kosher food. She's probably not observing the, fa- the, the Sabbath. She's not observing any of the feast. She is not living by her Jewish name, but rather by her Persian name. There appears to be nothing about her lifestyle that distinguishes her as Jewish. That's significant. And yet still,